On the Way Home is proudly supported by Ellis Dong Community Builders, a group formed within the Ellis Dong group of companies to assist those who wish to deliver affordable and sustainable housing by providing development management services and leveraging Ellis Dong's turnkey cradle-to-grave project capabilities. We incorporate all that a world-leading development, construction, and building services company has to offer to provide innovative and sustainable developments that connect and energize communities. Our offering is not simply a development and construction solution. It's a holistic and comprehensive approach that ensures the delivery of assets that communities can be proud of. To learn more, please visit www.communitybuilders.ellisdon.com. We at On The Way Home would like to acknowledge the original stewards of whose lands this podcast is recorded on. In York Region, we recognize we're on the traditional territories of the Wendat, the Haudenosaunee, and the Anishinaabe peoples, and that this is the treaty lands of the Mississaugas of the Credit. And in Vancouver, we acknowledge that we are on the unceded territories of the Coast Salish peoples, the Musqueam, Squahomish, and Tsleil-Waututh, whose presence on these lands continue to this day. Welcome to another episode of On the Way Home. I am one of your hosts, Michael Braithwaite. And as always, or I'd say maybe not always, but frequently, most frequently, I am joined by the fantastical Stefania from <laughs> the Canadian Alliance and Homelessness. Steph, how's it going? I'm good. And listen, your fantastical co-host once in a while needs to get a flu shot. And I feel like I will never live that down. <laughs> you miss one or two episodes. Um, but obviously, I am back, ready Flu-free. to go, um, yeah. protected against influenza, hopefully, fingers crossed. Flu-free, yeah, so far so good, taking it day by day. I am fantastical you know, um, myself. But yeah, I'm good. Yeah, How are you doing? It is Friday. It is sunny in the fine, fine town of Newmarket, <laughs> where uh, I'm coming to you live. Well, I guess not live, because this will be recorded. But yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a good day. It's the end of the week. It's been a great week uh, for Blue Door. Lots going on. What's happening at the Canadian Alliance? Well, we are, you know, as usual, trucking along, just trying to end homelessness in Canada, Done. which is just easy peasy. We really picked an easy goal, straightforward. Um, but no, I think we are, you know, diving into our lobbying efforts. We're working with our communities. I think we are trying to finalize the details for the National Conference on Ending Homelessness for 2022, you know, because it's hard to predict where the world will be in a year, but we have to make those decisions really I'm, early. I have a feeling so, I'm going to have to travel yeah, really far that's, next that's year about what the we're conference. Up to. I don't know. Don't spoil the surprise. I'm looking forward to uh, packing my bags and getting out of the city of Toronto. <laughs> You're picking up what I'm putting down. And mm-hmm. listen, speaking of fun times and creative <laughs> times and innovative times, that's a terrible segue, but let me tell you about our mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome guest that we have today. Uh, joining us today is Yasushi Oki. Now listen, we usually ask guests, we'll say, can you send us a quick bio or not? Uh, and I read this bio and wow, I, you know, was, I was blown away. Uh, by it because he obviously wrote it but wrote it just a, a little differently so stay tuned here so Yasushi Oki started as a developer in the land development industry and plowed over farmers fields and paved over our land in the pursuit of making my bosses ever more money 
there was a downturn in the economy, which slowed down development, and I looked for alternative work. I spent three years uh, at the city in ho housing homelessness and saw the light. That's where I learned the damage being done by an inequitable system of producing housing in our city. Ever since, I've been working to find a better way to get neighbors back in, our neighborhoods back into healthy balance. First, I was the housing director at Homeward Trust, awesome, and then I set off on my own to start a nonprofit land development company to pursue innovative housing options to prototype and test. That company is Green Violin. Very cool, eh? I didn't let you down. Yashushi, welcome to the, to the show. Cool. Oh, thank you very much for having me here. I'm super excited. Well, given that uh, awesome <laughs> bio, I really, really appreciated how you started that. We've been um, asking our guests the same first question. Uh, and even though it's the same question, the diversity in answers has been really wonderful. So uh, I'm so curious for your answer, but what does home mean to you? Hmm. Well, home to me is more than just the four walls, the roof and shelter that we all look at. I came to a perspective of home uh, through my work at Homer Trust, where we were taking the most vulnerable of our populations off the street from living rough and putting them into homes or into shelters. But then the question that always uh, rang in my head was, what next? What, what do people do once they achieve housing or shelter. And so I started looking beyond the walls and into the neighborhood, the street, the, the, the community that um, uh, the project happens to find itself in. And I think that's where the answer of what is home to me came about because there are wonderful people in the neighborhood trying to make a difference. There are support systems, there's shop owners, there's neighbors that are willing to help. And I think that is all part of home. So home for me is the social fabric of what makes our neighborhoods more than just the physical Listen, if, if uh, there, dimensions there were the awards for intros and answers to that question, I think you'd definitely be a contender. Well done. I love how it's about neighborhood. Um, <laughs> amazing. Now, Sushi, in our, our research on the green violin, um, I see you often talk about the green violin way, like there's a way to do that. Uh, can you tell us more about this and what makes your organization truly different? Mm. Well, I'll start off, uh, Michael, by saying what it is not. And it is not the way I used to do land development, which is looking for affordable land, adding value, helicoptering in a project, and leaving after the project is either sold or passed over to the uh, housing agency that's operating it. My um, philosophy is not so much I'm a developer in your neighborhood, but I'm a neighbor that happens to have developer skills. So much like we all have that uh, friend or neighbor who has a dream house they want to build, but they don't have the technical skill to build it. So they'll go to a builder to, to execute it. I'm like that builder, but I'm a developer. So I listen to my neighbors. I, I take part in the community leagues. I, I go to business association meetings and, and I talk to my my people, the residents of the neighborhood to see what the neighborhood needs. And then using my skills as a developer, I, I start to look for ways of utilizing uh, vacant land or infill project opportunities to fulfill those needs of the neighborhood. So the green violin, first of all, is being a neighbor to start and not a outsider to the neighborhood when being a developer. But to go one step beyond, we're looking at ways of activating the vacant lots that we purchase to connect community on the land prior to the development going forward. A great example are the community 
gardens that we have on our vacant lots. It really brings the neighbors together and we can start talking about what green violin is and what the future vision of this land is and get more input at that time as well. And then as we undertake the construction of it, we've got our architect and our contractors all already visible, identifiable and working with the community. Um, and they're great organizations that I've aligned myself with, RPK Architects as well as Stuart Olson. And they have a real social mind in getting communities and neighborhoods up and going. So it's been terrific working with them. Um, but then the third component of the Green Violin Way is we don't just leave the project after we set it up. We retain a unit within the building. We call it a hospitality suite where a community member comes in, um, somebody that the community has identified as in need of housing, maybe in need of a little extra help, and certainly part of the community outside of the building. And what they have as a role is to bring the activities already in the neighborhood into the building so that it connects the tenants of the building with all those wonderful things that make a place home. So introductions to neighbors, uh, activities such as uh, winter festivals or other community gardens that are on the go. And that concierge becomes a link between the tenants of the building and, and the greater community. And I think that's the green violin where we really start with housing, but we end up with the well-being of neighborhoods and what we defined as, quotes, home. Now you've taken the bold step of starting your own company and congratulations on that because that is never easy. What has what have been the biggest challenges so far and what are you most proud of? Oh, biggest challenge is that we only have 24 hours. There is so much work to be done. There are so many advocates and supporters that have come out um, all the way from uh, post-secondary institutions here in Edmonton to other housing agencies to just uh, neighbors or friends who say, what can I do to help? And I want to activate all that energy and put it towards my projects. And it's a matter of uh, keeping all the plates spinning and all the balls in the air and making sure that we've got timely re responses to emails, that we appear at these events that are important to us, and that we get the word out on what we're doing so that we start getting the support from our, our politicians and our funders. Um, so what am I most proud of? I'm proud of the people that have stepped up to help Green Violin and its mission. It's been an amazing journey these last two years in setting up this nonprofit and the sheer number of people whose um, values and philosophies align or that Green Violin aligns with them is just phenomenal. I'm so proud of Edmontonians that have this um, ability to, to give and, and try to make um, a better place with the energy and the talents that they have. Construct, a social enterprise by Blue Door, provides high-quality residential and commercial construction and property services in the greater Toronto area. More than a business with a heart, Construct is a real solution to preventing and ending homelessness. Through its eight-week paid skills trades training program, complete with wraparound supports and on-the-job work experience, Construct lifts people out of poverty and into opportunity. To hire Construct for your next project, or learn more about Construct's employment program, visit constructgta.ca. And, you know, I, I think what's so exciting, um, Michael and I love having guests on where we really get to dig into innovation, you know, new ideas that are happening that perhaps we're not even aware of, even though we're, we're in the sector. Uh, you know, things like pocket houses, pocket houses. So what can you tell us about them and what are the benefits? And I'm being very honest, I don't know what a pocket house is. So I'm excited okay. for this answer. 
Stefania, um, in a nutshell, a pocket house is a, a really small modular house that we just lift into place. Um, we started off with uh, backyard uh, suites. They're also called granny suites. They're called garden suites here in Edmonton. Uh, they're called laneway housing in Vancouver. Uh, essentially, it's a way of utilizing found land uh, that hasn't escalated in value that can be either leased by Green Violin or donated by the landowner or, or even utilized by the landowner in providing um, a plot to put down one of our houses and by one of our houses we've got several different uh, prototypes that we're testing um, the pocket house is a 14 foot by 14 foot very small house uh, it's part of the tiny house movement where we live modestly and uh, minimalist with a minimalist perspective um, but the, the genius here that we're testing is there are companies in Edmonton uh, being close to the oil fields and having uh, work camp housing, which is modular, a lot of expertise in creating modular housing. So what we're creating is a off-site built modular house. Uh, the challenge to my team is within 24 hours, we have the services connected to the house. We have a fence put in uh, between the garden suite and the main house. We've got landscaping put in. In the meantime, we've got uh, screw piles in for the foundation we put down the house we connect the utilities and by that evening we have a barbecue going for uh, the guests who are moving in or the tenants who are moving in so that is kind of the house uh, that we have in mind that again uh, when you talk about innovation that's the phase green violin in is in is innovating prototyping demonstrating what we're hoping to do in the next three years is get our portfolio of innovations out there and by innovations, I mean we are testing the boundaries of acceptable building practice in some manner, whether it's density and land use, whether it's construction materials, uh, and whether it's social organization of our communities. Uh, so each of the projects will demonstrate uh, one aspect that we're pushing the boundaries on. Uh, later phases where um, we call it ramping up to make a difference, we take the lessons learned, we take the successful prototypes and we start replicating them throughout Edmonton to really make a difference on housing affordability here in this city. But to get back to your question, uh, we also have CCAN uh, containers that we've converted into housing and that's being used for um, formerly homeless or uh, underrepresented veterans to live in community. Uh, you might have heard of Homes for Heroes up here in Edmonton. I'm working closely with them. Uh, Homes for Heroes, uh, David Howard, amazing fellow. Uh, it's a transitionary program and we're looking at green violin projects and communities as being a landing spot for graduates out of uh, Dave's um, program. Um, another um, model that we're chasing is a super insulated uh, garden suite. So we're looking at a, a passive house certified uh, garden suite. Uh, basically for Edmonton's climate, we're looking at no operating costs after the construction is done. So that reduces uh, the operating expenses, of course, and we, it uh, contributes to the affordability of, of that house. And if I can add one more thing, uh, shout out to the Indigenous partners that I've got because we're looking at getting these modular houses out into um, reserve housing in, in the nations around Edmonton so that we can do villages of clusters of these small houses as well. So we're having great uh, communication and uptake on that concept as well. So uh, again, only 24 hours in a day, but a lot of yeah, great I'm ideas. I'm getting tired just you know, picturing all the work that you're doing. 
Listen, um, I love it that you're talking about truly affordable, right? Pat's just, built, Pat's just building it. Let's make it truly affordable with uh, a passive house. Uh, so she, in your description of Green Violin, you talk about, there's a lot of talk about being a, uh, a good neighbor uh, and being with the land, not just on the land. So with this in mind, maybe you can help us understand uh, land use for gentle urban densification with neighborhood well-being in mind, because often the, the two don't go hand in hand, right? Mm, that very complicated and complex problem uh, that we're going to brush on here, uh, Michael. Um, one component of living gently on the land is the green part of Green Violin. Um, green is in the uh, title of our company because it's to remind us Earth is our one home. We have to look after it. Every component of what we build is sustainable. Uh, we're pursuing technologies that are earth friendly and, and um, low carbon footprint. So part of living gently on the land is living with the land. Uh, the other living gently on the land is interacting uh, because Green Violin is working primarily in infill of um, our cities and our neighborhoods using existing infrastructure. In that case, living uh, gently and gentle densification means being not so disruptive as being complementary to the patterns of land use around us. And by that, I mean uh, walking paths to schools or commuter paths to work or shopping paths where we go to um, uh, our neighborhood grocery stores. Everything that is uh, part of the romantic image of the 15 minute community that we're chasing after, or even the one minute community where you step out your front door and, and the bakeries there, the coffee shops there, you can get a haircut just down the block. Um, in order to get there, I think we have to work with the infrastructure that we have and have a plan to, towards getting there. So uh, the manner we get there is green and how we get there is by working with the existing infrastructure and that is the gentle densification, uh, a more of a non-disruptive accretion of our communities as opposed to having um, big master Just plan awesome. uh, elements. Well, it's also you have a lot of great stuff on the go. Now, let, let me ask you, this is, uh, before I get into this next question, you mentioned the green part, green violin. Where did the name come from? Oh, excellent question. Um, I guess it started off when I started thinking about, um, and I've got a little bit of a musical background. I played the flute as a uh, as a child. Uh, I really enjoyed music, jazz music, chamber music, um, the classics, um, and but the violin to me is um, an instrument of hope. The 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 music it provides um, is a kind of a. Um, uh, an anchor point in hope being established in a situation where it's very bleak. And one example I'll give you is um, the cellist of Sarajevo. Um, you can look him up on the internet. He came out during a, a war-torn uh, city uh, period where there's actual snipers out in the in the streets and he played music for the people who are still surviving in this war-torn city, uh, inspiring hope. In the same way I think the violin is a symbol of hope, its music is hopeful it can go though from a solo instrument to become part of a orchestra, a symphony of music. And I, that's what I see as getting back to our original question, what is home? Well, it's that comforting feel of belonging to a greater uh, effort or a greater community. Mm -hmm. And I think the violin symbolizes that. 
And again, green for the, um, the absolutely. The you know, I think an orchestra wouldn't sound the same without the violin, and and you know the violin adds something to that orchestra for sure. Um, so where do you go from here? What's the, what are the future plans? I'm sure you have them for the green violin. Well, the future plans is um, with the most current municipal election, we have a dream team of supporters for housing affordability on council. I really want to take that momentum and the energy that they have towards making that jump to from demonstrating to actual implementing and replicating. So looking forward to getting all these demonstration units out there, uh, getting them toured, understood, taken apart, revised, uh, so that when we get to the ramping up to make a difference phase, we are ready to tackle it. Administration at the city is ready. Councillors know what we're up, um, uh, what we're providing. Uh, we know what we're up against, the homeless uh, situation here in Edmonton. And we've got solutions now so it's just a matter of getting those funds going and these project uh, projects rolling out the door uh, and that's where we're heading and if folks wanted to find out more about green violin where could they go hmm. uh, follow me on Twitter Instagram uh, Facebook at green violin yeg uh, yeg uh, also, my website, greenviolin.ca, uh, currently being updated. Hate using that word because it seems like all these websites are always being updated, but uh, getting that done hopefully when some time allows. Uh, so, taking a few of those 24 hours to try and commit myself to doing that. Uh, but definitely, um, I try and post all my daily activities on social media. So, that's a great way to uh, both get in touch with me and to keep an eye on what I'm up to. Well, that's awesome. And I would say updating and innovation are just both constant states of being. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But Yuzushi, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Thank you for having Steph, me, Stefania. I love innovation. I love it when, I mean, I just think it's so bold for someone to, you know, see an issue, see a challenge, and instead say, as we usually hear, someone should do something about that. Government should do something about that. But instead, say i'm going to do something about it it's bold to right. leave a job to go off on your own and be so passionate as yasushi is uh, just incredible mm -hmm. stuff yeah absolutely i couldn't agree more I'd be I think, honest too did uh, you really think like when really you think a pocket song. house he was gonna like you know show you a little house and <laughs> <laughs> I was really like into it. I love the term. I think I was just so excited for the term. It's a, it's a term I haven't come across. But because, you know, in Vancouver, as Yuzushi noted, that it's, you know, uh, laneway yeah. coach house, I guess the kind of terminology we'd use sort of, it seems like uh, it's closely associated. Yeah. So Everyone but I, I think pocket, it's a, it's right? a wonderful so, term. You know, and I want to hear in more the pocket. about it. All right, we are definitely in the I'll pocket in the here pocket. at On The Way Home, <laughs> uh, bringing another great guest with uh, innovation and mm -hmm. hope. Thank you for joining us, Steph. We'll see you next time. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. 
And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast, but we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com. Produced by Cryer Media and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company. 